Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. I'm Ernesto Sambrano. Today's article is by Oliver Franklin Wallace from the December 2021 edition of GQ, The Center of the Web, Part 1. Please note, this is a men's magazine, and as such, may include offensive topics or language. Tom Holland was 19 when he first appeared as Spider-Man and became his generation's biggest leading man. Now, he holds the keys to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is, if he still wants them. This is going to sound like complete bullshit, but I swear to you that this is true. Tom Holland says, Have you ever heard of cognitive dreaming? We've been talking for a couple of hours at this point, and conversation, as it tends to, after long enough, has drifted onto the subject of dreams. I've been having nightmares lately, I tell him. Anxiety. This is something Tom Holland knows all about. He is a terrible sleeper. A sleepwalker. A sleep undresser, even. Four out of ten sleeps I wake up completely naked. As it happens, he has a trick for dealing with nightmares. And because Tom Holland is Tom Holland, the actor who put the friendly back in your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and is just famously, energetically, irresistibly nice, of course he's happy to help. Okay. So I'll tell you how you do it. Essentially, when you fall asleep, your brain is working way faster than it is when it's awake. John Watts, Holland's director on three Spider-Man movies, told me this, and it has worked. If you're in a dream and you read something, say, a stop sign, and you turn around, when you look back at the stop sign, it will have changed. So what you do is, and this is where it sounds stupid, you set an alarm for every hour of the day when you're awake. When the alarm goes off, you read something. So I'm reading, at this point, Holland looks around his bedroom, which is sparse, an unmade bed and a half-open wardrobe behind him, low fall sun streaming in the window, and a lights upon a packet of pistachios, roasted and salted. You turn away, you look back at it, roasted and salted. Okay, I'm not dreaming. What happens is, when you do it for a long time, you start to do that in your sleep. Sometimes if I'm having a really bad dream, I'll look at a sign and go, oh, I'm dreaming, and then you have free reign to do whatever you want. So you can influence your dreams? Yeah. The last time it happened to me, I was flying around the Golden Gate Bridge. It was awesome. Holland is at home in London, waiting out a government-mandated travel quarantine. So for now, we're talking over Zoom. It's an unusual time for the actor. A rare pause. Since he landed the part six years ago, Holland has played Spider-Man in five movies, of which four have made more than a billion dollars each. In the past year or so, he has starred in three films taking on the offbeat dramatic roles of a priest-murdering orphan in The Devil All the Time and a heroin-addicted bank robber in Cherry, and finished shooting two more. Still somehow only 25, Holland has ascended to a tier of stardom few actors ever reach, and rarely so young. There are very few actors working now who are versatile in the way he is, says Spider-Man producer and former Sony chairperson Amy Pascal, and he's the hardest-working person that I know. Since I got cast as Spider-Man, I haven't really taken a break, Holland says. So he's enjoying some state-enforced time to himself. I find myself ringing my dad, Dominic, a comedian and author, for stuff that I should definitely know how to do, he says. Dad, how do I put the washing machine on? Last night a skylight broke in bad weather, flooding his kitchen. The outside world has a way of forcing itself back in. The next few months promise to be hectic even by Holland's standards. In December, he'll star in Spider-Man No Way Home, a film that Holland himself has called the most ambitious standalone superhero movie ever made. Then there is February's Uncharted, 
a slick, Indiana Jonesy adaptation of the best-selling PlayStation franchise. This is that moment of like, can Tom Holland stand up on his own and be a leading man? I know that makes me sound like a dick for saying that, says Holland, but for me it is. Can I do it without the lycra? The stakes for No Way Home are even higher. For several movies, Marvel has been establishing Holland as the new center of Marvel's world. Tom is stepping into the role that Robert Downey once occupied for Marvel, which is the favorite character, and in a lot of ways, the soul of the Marvel Universe, says Joe Russo, who, alongside his brother Anthony, has directed Holland in four movies, including Avengers Endgame. What's more, No Way Home will finally collide Marvel's increasingly Byzantine cinematic universe with Sony's own equally convoluted Spider-Verse, currently comprising Tom Hardy's Venom movies, plus the forthcoming Morbius and Kraven the Hunter thereby planting the seed from which years of sequels and limited series and sundry other subscription-generating content will surely bloom. Holland, however, is not signed up for any of that. No Way Home is, at the time of writing, the last film on his Spider-Man contract. As we're talking, in early October, he says there are still a few shots to pick up, some additional dialogue to record, the small matter of a global press tour, and then, nothing. It's very strange, Holland says. The last six years of my life, I always had a job to go to. After so long in the superhero business, Holland is readjusting to life without a mask on. It's kind of terrifying, but it's also really exciting, he says. You see, lately Holland has been thinking about dreams, and wondering if those he once had, the future he once saw for himself, are still his dreams after all. To understand how Holland became a multiple tentpole movie-carrying action hero, it's simplest to start with ballet. Holland grew up in Kingston-upon-Thames, an upmarket town just south of London. There, age nine, he was spotted at a dance class by a West End choreographer, who suggested he audition for the Billy Elliot musical. Holland practiced ballet for two years to land the part, just doing plies and tendis and relevés. Developés? I hate developés so much. That's the one where you extend your leg up and out until you look like a Y. Finally, Holland was chosen to play Billy. His parents invited everyone they knew. Only the day of his debut, Holland came down with tonsillitis. Not wanting to disappoint anyone, he didn't say anything. I was like, I can't miss this, because all these people are coming, Holland says. He delivered a flawless performance, and nobody even noticed he was sick until the following morning, when he was taken to the doctor and given the rest of the week off. I got the nickname Sick Note, which frustrates me to my core, even today, says Holland. I was too young to do that show. I was incredibly underdeveloped as a kid, and I would get sick, or I would be tired, and I would get injured, and I'd need to take a break because you're doing three shows a week, rehearsing every single day. Now as an actor, I push through everything, because I'm not going to be sick note. When Holland started making it in Hollywood, a debut in 2012's The Impossible, followed by small parts in Wolf Hall and In the Heart of the Sea, he leaned into his balletic talents, literally throwing himself into every job. This approach is written in the subtle S-bend of his nose, which he has broken twice, once on the set of The Lost City of Z, and again on Chaos Walking. I'm like a Duracell battery. I'm the bunny, Holland says. It's that energy that comes through on screen, whether he's doing backflips as Spider-Man, or pulling on fishnets and grinding to Rihanna on lip-sync battle. Determination bordering on desperation. Anytime I've ever watched him work, he does it 150%. His Spider-Man co-star Zendaya says, It's incredible to watch. One of my biggest faults is that I'm an impossible people-pleaser, Holland says. I don't like the idea of people not liking me, so I will do whatever I can do to make that not the case. In 2015, 
Holland beat thousands of other young actors for the role of Spider-Man in a multi-film deal between Sony, which owns the rights, and Marvel. He had a vulnerability and a wit, and an immense likability that felt to me like Peter Parker from the comics, Russo recalls. Unlike his predecessors, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, Holland's Parker was still a child, burdened with a responsibility that he finds overwhelming. Holland could relate. While most kids his age were still sitting exams and asking around for a prom date, he found himself in a full-time job. Only his co-workers were Robert Downey Jr., Michael Keaton, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Nonetheless, he figured out a way to infuse his nerves into his performance. I was given this piece of advice as a kid that was really helpful, which is, if you think about the actual feeling of being nervous, it's the same physical feeling as being excited, Holland says. So I've just convinced myself all my life that when I'm nervous, I'm really excited. It was from his older peers that Holland learned both his craft and how to navigate fame, which arrived not in a slow accumulation, but in one disorienting rush. Suddenly he was studying for a master's degree in how to stay on the rails, from actors who in some cases had fallen off and found a way back. Holland latched on to every potential mentor, sucking everything in. Some people told me, you should go out and buy a Ferrari and live in Malibu and live the high life. Some would say, I wouldn't do interviews with chat shows if you don't want to, he says. I've kind of found a middle ground. He bought an electric Porsche. He said yes to everything. The press tours, the TV appearances, the YouTube stunts. By 21, he had his entire career arc planned out. In 2017, telling Interview Magazine in response to questions posed by Zendaya, the 20-year goal is to be a film director. The 15-year goal is to win an Oscar. In the middle of all that, he was growing up, trying to be a normal person, or as close to normal as one can be inside the strange crucible of fame. The ages between 15 and 21 are when you go figure out what you're going to be, he says. When everyone's telling you that you're the best thing in the world, you can grow up and believe that. He found companionship in actors his own age, particularly his Spider-Man co-stars Jacob Batalon and Zendaya. Zendaya, in particular, became his guide to his new reality. Having her in my life was so instrumental to my sanity, he says. She is so good at being the role model for young guys and girls. When anyone comes up, like, can I have a picture? It's never a bad time. Whereas my initial reaction was, why are you talking to me? Leave me alone. Zendaya taught him that fame is work too. So he learned to smile for every picture, hug every fan, do the meet and greets at Disneyland, to always be on. An example, just recently he was walking in London, when a group of guys started following him and taking pictures. Something had happened in my life and it really put me in a bad mood, he says. I was just trying to keep my head together, and I turned around and told them to get lost. A reasonable person might think this a fair response to being stalked by strangers, but after a few yards, Holland turned around and apologized. I have to remind myself that being Spider-Man is more of a responsibility than just having a job, he says later. There are kids out there who were bullied at school who don't fit in, and Spider-Man is their fucking go-to guy, you know? And at the moment, I'm that guy. The day after Holland emerges from quarantine, we meet for dinner at the Chiltern Firehouse, a luxury hotel in Marlbone, a neighborhood in central London. Holland likes it here. It's discreet. There's a scene in Uncharted where Holland's character, Nathan Drake, works behind a bar, and so Holland would come in to do the shifts with the staff, learning how to mix cocktails, practice trick pours, toss bottles around. We're shown to a table called the Snug, a space barely six feet square, with a sofa, a privacy curtain, and its own tiny open fire. In other words, the makeout table. Holland is unbothered. He squeezes into the space, wearing pinstripe pants and a shirt the color of caramel. 
his hair falling on his forehead in kinks. It seems ridiculous, but after seeing him play teenagers on screen for so long, it's startling to see Holland as a man. There's a heft to him in person. His posture is incredible. His skin is luminous. His biceps are like suspension cables. On Uncharted, Holland worked with Mark Wahlberg, who is notably, in Holland's words, an absolute unit, British for absolutely humongous. I saw him walk onto set in his costume and I was like, fuck, he is twice my size, says Holland. After the COVID lockdown, we had five months off and I just ate and trained and ate and trained. When I got back on set, the first thing he said to me was, here he puts on his best Wahlberg. Wow, somebody has been training. That brings us to the end of today's article, The Center of the Web, Part 1. If you want to learn more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, follow us by clicking on any of the social media links at the top of our web pages. If you like what you see or hear, please click the like button. This podcast is for the sole use of our blind, low vision, and print impaired listeners. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Ernesto Sambrano, 